Booster is excited to support DIA Schools Collaborative on furthering the missions of our respective organizations through Follow to Lead podcast and other DIA programming. Visit ChooseBooster.com for details on Booster's school fundraising events, technology, and customized spirit gear. Booster can help your Catholic school meet and exceed its fundraising goals. Learn more today. Welcome to Follow to Lead, where we discover how to listen for and follow God's call so that we might lead others to God. Our shared stories of inspiration from religious leaders and those active in the educational ministry of the church can help you know better how God is calling you and the role passionate Catholic education plays in spreading His message of faith, hope, and love. Now please welcome the hosts of Follow to Lead, Father Randy Sly and Kyle Pietrantonio. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Christ the teacher, teach us to listen. Teach us to do the deep listening to the sounds of our soul, waiting to hear your voice calling us to cast out deeper, to become fishers of men and women, shepherds of souls, to follow your will in order to lead others to the truth, beauty, and goodness only you can offer. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to Follow to Lead, a journey twice monthly into the world of Catholic education and our faith from the Duke in Altum Schools Collaborative. We explore what it means to follow God in order to lead others to Him. I'm Father Randy Sly, your host. And today we're going to be talking with Anna Camacho, artisan and founder of Corda Candles. And for years, Anna asked for the intercession of St. Joseph, praying and hoping for some kind of work that was creative and let her work with her hands. And there were plenty of ideas that that didn't pan out, but she kept bothering St. Joseph for one that would. And then one day during prayer, the idea of Corda was born. Now, it took many months and some testing to make Corda actually move from being an idea to an actual launch with their first products, handcrafted candles with scents directly inspired by saints in the faith. Now, she, along with her husband, Michael, run the day-to-day operations of Corda. Anna is a graduate of Benedictine College, and prior to establishing Corda, she worked as the managing editor of Communio, International Catholic Review, also worked as a freelance writer for AKC Online and as an institutional advancement assistant for the Theological College at the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C. And there are many other roles that she's had throughout her career. So, Anna, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Father. It's great to be here with you. Okay, as we begin our time together, in full disclosure, (laughs) I have... One of your candles here in my office. This one is Battle Cry, which That's, I love. And yeah. uh, that was a gift to me when I was the president of St. Michael High School. So I just really am, I, I love the aroma of that that wonderful candle. Now, as we begin our program, we always like to give our guests an opportunity to tell us a little bit about themselves. And so could you share just a little of your story of your upbringing? Yeah, of course. So I was born cradle Catholic from a big Catholic family in the Kansas City area. So kind of a Midwest girl through and through. 
Um, you know, we, after I got married, we did end up on the East coast for a good while, but have been able to return and gosh, it's just really great <laughs> to be back in the heartland. Let me tell you, I, yeah, it's, I think my, the things that really kind of inspire me and drive me, of course, the, the saints and, and our faith and also just this desire to really live our, our faith in every single aspect of our life. I think sometimes we get caught up with, well, this is when I'm Catholic, or this is when my faith comes into play. And I think the the church is so rich in ways that we can, we can learn how our whole, our whole life is a liturgy, right? Like it's, we're constantly called to worship and pray. So that's one of the, the things that's part of Corda that we try and share with other people too. That is that is really neat to hear. It is wonderful, isn't it, when you can bring your faith into everything that you do. Now, I lived out in Northern Virginia, just on the outskirts of Washington for 17 years. Do you miss the traffic? Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know, I the way that I try and describe it to people is in the D.C. area, you know, you can be in your car for 60 minutes and you're lucky if you move six miles where here in, in the KC Metro, you're in your car for 60 minutes and you've actually gone 60 miles. Like you really get somewhere. <laughs> so. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I don't, I don't miss the traffic either having moved from there in 2015. Anyway, uh, you know, I want to have us talk about Corda Candle and how it began, but, but one of the things that was mentioned in your bio is that you tried other ideas or brought some other ideas before the Lord as possibilities, what other things were kind of in your mind that might have been the path that, uh, that God gave you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so fun to kind of look back at those ideas and see how there were germs there that have borne fruit really in Corda. Um, all of them were creative. All of them let me work with my hands. All of them, you know, gave me the opportunity to work from home. And, and that was my constant prayer to St. Joseph over about six years, um, because it was in jobs of just being in front of a screen all day, every day, and, and really not a lot of creativity. So a couple of ideas that I had, I was going to be a baker, um, kind of have a home kitchen hobby type thing. And because we were in this amazing Catholic community in DC, I knew that I had plenty of, of willing customers there. So maybe in a baker, I, because I sew on the side and my favorite things to sew are things for other people. For a while, I started to design and I created a pattern for and, and did some prototypes of a scene doll that, um, what do you call it, like is stuffed? I don't know. It sounds kind of awkward, but it's something that kids could play with and hold. And I had magnets like in the, in the fingertips so they could put the hands together in prayer, or, you know, you could have accessories like St. Joseph would have a plane or something that you could attach his hand and um, made a few prototypes for friends, but realized that wouldn't, you know, the dolls would have to be like $150 because of just the amount of labor. And mm -hmm. that wasn't a good fit. The other thing, which I still hope maybe it will come true one day, is being a flower farmer where you, instead of growing vegetables or livestock, you're growing flowers and offering those either to businesses to use for florals or direct to, to folks so that they can use them in their home. And 
I think all of these things too, they were all creative. They all let me work with my hands, but they all, you mentioned, you know, the transcendentals and the opening prayer and all of them in one way or another, like tried to bring beauty into the world, tried to bring, you know, something good and true. Mm -hmm. And, and I think seeing, that's what I'm saying, like those kind of seeds, you know, and then seeing it come together in Corda has been pretty neat. So, And then Corda kind of became the idea. How, how did that happen? How did St. Joseph lead you to a candle business? Oh, that's a great question. I feel like I won't see the whole story until I'm on the other side, right? Uh (laughs) Hopefully in heaven someday. Um, And you see the whole picture, but those, those other ideas that I mentioned, those were things that I was working on when I was in other jobs, right? Like working nine to fives in front of screens. And, and that was like six years where I was just like, I, I'm so glad I can pay the bills. I'm so glad that like, you know, I'm working with great people or for good organizations. Um, and I was kind of like, why do I feel so empty? Or why do I feel like Mm -hmm. there's something more that I should be doing? And I think entrusting that to Joseph because he's a patron saint of workers and he's also just, he's our father, right? He's, he's been given to us as a father and just going to him and saying, look, I have this desire. I don't know if it's, if anything is supposed to happen with it at all, but I give it to you. And if anyone can make something happen, (laughs) like it's Joseph. And so just, you know, having that desire and, and trusting it over and over again, and, and trusting that if if a door is supposed to open, it will. It was interesting because it was over so many years, right? I've never prayed for something so specific for so long in this way. And when you're not hearing a yes and you're not hearing a yes, but still feeling called, right? Like still feeling drawn to something, but you don't know what, what in the world it is. And so having this balance of being present, like right where you are, even if it's where you're, you don't think you should be, but you're kind of trusting that this is where God wants you in this moment. And that maybe something is coming and maybe it's not. And I don't know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on discernment too, because that was such an interesting experience of being present, but also trying to be open, you know, to something else. And is that something you've experienced in your own life where you're like, you're here, but there? <laughs> yeah. Well, and for me, I mean, it happened several times being a convert. When I came sure. into the Catholic church, I had to, I'd been a, you know, a priest, a pastor, a bishop, an archbishop in the Anglican world, many years of ministry. But when I came into the church, I had to even rediscern was I called again to the priesthood and go that direction. And what I found is, that it's an abiding call it wherever I was and whatever I was doing, it seemed that that was always in the back of my mind. Did, did you find that true? when you finally came to that aha moment that it didn't matter who you were talking to or where you were. It was still there as a present moment to you. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a, a beautiful way to put it. The kind of abiding call of it that, yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean. There. Yeah. So, Candle making is really an amazing art. I mean, it's not just melting wax and putting it in a mold. How did you learn this this craft? 
Yeah, it's, gosh, it's something because I'm such a, I don't know, maybe it's the Midwest background or just, you know, kind of being from a big family where it's just like, you just got to do it yourself. You get it done. You follow it through all the way. And so when I was given this idea for the candles, I was like, well, there's plenty of kits out there, right? Where it's like, here's your scent. Here's your wax. It's like a cake cake mix, right? It's like Mm -hmm. mix it together at this temperature, pour it and, and you're done. And I was like, that is not interesting at all to me like I want to know everything about it and there's so much science um as well as the artistry and so I just started researching waxes I started researching the saints because I think that's one thing that we do that's very unique amongst other options out there is we start with with the saint first right oh okay deep dive into them and learn their life inside out their heart, like who they were, how the particular way that they loved God and that God loved them and taking all of that and then translating that into a custom scent that I create. And, and so you can't just be like, well, I'm going to take these couple of ingredients, mix them together and we're good. It's, it's really trying to take a person and, and put that into, into a scent and, in order to give us this real concrete connection to these holy men and women who have gone before us, right. Who Mm -hmm. kind of feel sometimes far away or like, well, they just walked around earth on a cloud and they never Mm -hmm. had any problems. And so we try with our sense to really capture their earthly life as well as their heavenly patronages to, to bring the sacred and the secular together is the way that, that we kind of go at it. And so a lot of it's just like trial and error of, I mean, we got, I do like a custom wax blend for us with really great ingredients, trial and error on the scents, um, and then putting it, putting it together mm-hmm. and, and offering it. So it really, it, it is an exercise in prayer and discernment for each candle as well as just your business then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was thinking again about my, my battle cry candle, which is inspired by St. Michael mm-hmm. and, uh, the, the scent is is amazing, but it 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 kind of fits. And is do you kind of get an aha moment with a scent that you go, this is what I really want for this particular candle? Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a great question, and it's true. I think with Michael's scent in particular, we're all familiar with his role as perfect protector and defender, and you know the name battle cry kind of harkens to that. It's what his name, Michael actually means. And so, but there's also some sense in there, um, the sandalwood, the softer florals and stuff. I think what, a, what a lot of us don't know about Michael is his other roles for the church. And that's as a healer, which actually goes back to Jewish mm-hmm. tradition, like old ancient times, like he's been venerated as a healer. And he also has this beautiful role for us as Christians that when souls are near death, the, the kind of tradition is that St. Michael is the one who presents them before the throne of God and, and defends us kind of, so to speak, like in, mm-hmm. in that moment um, when we're, you know, which way is our soul going to go that he's there fighting for us. And so bringing kind of all of these different roles, you know, mm-hmm. maybe sharing something that the most people wouldn't know about the scenes and capturing that in the scent. And then, yeah, when it, when it comes together, 
because there's, I mean, there's some sense, there's some scenes that I've been working on for two or three years and have trialed dozens, if not over a hundred different combinations and, and they just don't click. And you have to have a certain detachment, I think, from the work and just say like, that's another like interesting tension, right? When we were talking about that with discernment of, you know, you're, you're working so hard and you're putting so much in and it's time and it's money and it's effort and, you know, it's your heart and your soul and you want to keep going. But if it doesn't work, you just can't, you just can't force it, you know, especially because you're being inspired by like a saint and you want it to do justice to them. And so that's a really interesting tension that is just kind of constantly, constantly there. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about as I was just anticipating our coming together for this program is that scented candles really impact us more than just the aroma of them. There's that flame that we see along with the various scents. What do you see in terms of uh, candles and their role in our homes and our lives and in our faith? How does, how does that play out for you? Yeah, especially for Catholics. I mean, candles are used. Once you start looking for candles in our faith, you see them everywhere from the tabernacle light. You know, we use a candle, we use a living flame to say that Christ is present here um, to the candles that we put on the altar during mass, to having a candle at baptism, to our Advent race, you know, in our home. And it's just at all of these different times and, and circumstances and sacraments, like, why do we have a candle? Like, what is it about kind of the loving flame? And I think that has to go back to Christ, right? Who says, I'm the light of the I'm world. The, and yeah. Why is he used that imagery? And, and it's just so rich and so deep theologically. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also says, right, that we are the light of the world. Um, that's kind of the, the flip side of, of that. Right, right. Kind of the Gospels. And, and so it's both, I think every time we see a candle, it should both remind us of Christ himself and his promise that he will be there as light for us. But then also it it's encouragement, right? It's like this reminder of our of our own call and our own vocation to be light for others. And so it just, I think it, yeah, the more you kind of peel back the layers. And it's also, I mean, if you just want to look at it secularly, a, a lit candle, like it's so calming. It, it brings so much peace to people. Just, I think what a lot of people experience with prayer is when you light a candle at the beginning, you're intentionally taking a moment you're taking a breath. Like you're, it's like when we make the sign of the cross, like part of what's so I think impactful about making the sign of the cross is we're, we're telling ourselves physically, this is something different. Like we're entering into prayer and it, it just kind of marks, you know, this, this little bit of a different moment in our lives. And I think the same with lighting a candle and then your space is a little bit different, you know, and, and it just makes a really big difference actually. Yeah. Now, how many different candles do you have now? We have 25 different scents. Wow. I think. Yeah. Which we've done in about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I will tell you there's like 17 and kind of active development that we're hoping. And then there's about 50 on our wait list. So, wow. There's so many, yeah. we probably won't get to all of them, but 
there's just so many amazing, amazing saints and, you know, ways that we want to share their story with other people that, yeah, we're, we're hoping to keep bringing new ones out. I love the fact you really bring out the fact, the idea that really candles do play a big part in our faith as Catholics, especially that there's something, uh, you know, the votive candle, it's kind of like a perpetual prayer being raised up before God. I remember years ago with a, a group of children and, and uh, one of the bishops came to visit and uh, he was talking to the children about the candles on the altar. And he asked the children if they know what knew why they were there. And they said, no, we don't. He says, well, those are the landing lights for the Holy Spirit. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> a, a great way to think about the lights on the altar, the candles yeah. there. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that I, I love about what you're doing is that you're doing this with your husband. It's it's a partnership that you're working on together. Is he a part of the candle process or is he developing another aspect of your business or how is this all working together? Yeah, he it's so great to work together kind of in every single aspect of the business because we work from home. We're, I mean, it's just one big studio space kind of um, in our basement. And so we all are part of whatever the other is doing. So he does, he makes the candles. I make the candles. He packs orders. I pack orders. He is incredibly talented creatively in his own right. And so he does a lot of our artwork and design and digital things for us. But then he also is a really great woodworker. And he's learning a couple of other crafts as well. And so we're hoping in the coming years that he'll have the opportunity to, to create some products that will both complement, you know, the candles that we do have, but also um, make other really beautiful things kind of for the domestic church. And so we'll have to, we'll have to let you know when those are available, but we're looking forward to the woodworking and the other things that might be coming. I know for for me, the reason that I had this battle cry candle, it was given to a number of us that enter into a time of intercession for St. Michael High School. And uh, to me, it was kind of like a rallying point that this candle represented a group coming together to pray for the mission of our school. Do you have any stories from people in terms of how those candles have been used or how they've impacted uh, the lives of those around? Yeah, I and that's one of the great gifts of this um, and doing the shipping and fulfillment ourselves in houses because we we get the notes from people or we see, you know, when they're gifting it. And so some of the things that come to mind are on a on a joyful kind of side of things, we'll often have couples that are long distance. And one, you know, will they'll have one candle at their place and then their their boyfriend or girlfriend or fiance will have the same candle. And so when they do evening rosary together over the phone or just if they can't be together, like this is something physical that that connects them that also kind of helps them unite in prayer before God. We see it a lot with um, Bible study groups, especially like when when folks weren't able to meet in person, that 
Catholic communities, Bible study groups, or other things, like each member would get a candle. And then when they would meet over Zoom or something like that, you know, they would, they would all light their candles. Um, we also see on, on kind of a different note, when people are suffering, maybe they've lost someone, lost a child or um, a parent. And so people will send a candle and say, this is my favorite. I'm burning this one for you. Like, and so again, it's, I think we, we all want this physical connection to people, to each other, but also to our faith. And so these candles are this kind of uniting point, right. Where it's like, well, this is something that we have in common, but it's also because it's bigger than ourselves, right? Like it's pointing to something it's pointing to the scene, but then that scene is pointing us to God into heaven. And so it's, this opportunity to, to have a physical connection to other people through the candles, but then to what's beyond that as well. I know back at the high school that there are some teachers that burned candles in their classrooms. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of neat because you'd walk into a classroom and that aroma would kind of then connect with what, what they were teaching. Let me ask you, do you have a recommendation for teachers on a good candle that might work well in their classroom? to uh, work with our students? Yeah, well, I think it would might depend on the subject. In general, we do have our SUMA candle for St. Thomas Aquinas coming back very uh-huh. soon. And that is leather and ink and kind of old books library with some hay thrown in there for a couple of reasons. Um, so the SUMA one is coming back soon. We also have one of my favorites for St. Teresa of Avila. It's called Mystic Bliss. And it's what I think, you know, because she would go into this rapturous prayer and have this really intimate connection with God. It's kind of what I imagine that might smell like, you know, in that, in that really beautiful communion. And also she is the patron saint of headaches. And so the scents that are part of her candle are used in aromatherapy for migraines and, and other things like that. So it's kind of this, like I said, like this earthly and this kind of heavenly connection and mystic bliss is just, it's one of those where it's just very calming. It's very soothing kind of thing. Um, gosh, morning prayer, night prayer, you know, are kind of our all time favorites, but I think it's really neat to think of them being in the classroom and how, of course, with education and and how these, we hope these candles also provide kind of a teaching moment or like a moment of formation. I was listening to, you know, all the episodes that you've done, of course, and a recent guest, you were talking with them about how a school, you can kind of think of school as parish. Um, And I was thinking about that and like, can you say, businesses perish, right? Like what are the ways that as a business, as a Catholic business, we can also like help with that evangelization or formation. And I think that starts internally, right? Like with Mm -hmm. our own team and with Michael and I, how we treat each other and stuff, but also I think the things that we're putting out into the world, is it, yeah, is it kind of supporting the parish and complementing the parish and I don't know. I just, I want to keep thinking about that. I was really glad that I heard that in the past episode. Well, you know, that's a wonderful concept to think about in terms of, like you said, school or even a business. Mm -hmm. And it it really becomes a part, if you want to use the marketing term, your brand. 
you know, your, your brand and uh, like how you, uh, how you posture your business in looking at your website. One of the things that I love is it feels homey. You know, it's got you you and Michael. It's very simple, but very warm. And uh, I really like that. It doesn't have that mechanized, uh, you know, online ordering kind of a feel, but just more like, come on in, take a look around kind of a thing, which is one of the nicest things anyone's ever said. Thank you. Now, one one of the reasons that I, I wanted to have you on the program, in addition to really exploring your business, is to talk about this whole thing of <clears throat> discernment that you went through. You know, a lot of our audience is is comprised of Catholic school administrators, educators, and others. And especially in high school, one of the things that <clears throat> they find themselves involved in is helping students discern direction for their lives and a career path. And, you know, you've done a lot of different things in your life, and you finally kind of found this niche that is really yours, yours and Michael's. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions for like our teachers, administrators, in terms of things they could share that would help young men and women with their discernment? Yeah. And I mean, I'm thinking of kind of high school age right. kids, but also um, college. So when, when we just moved recently, but before we moved, we had a team of about 14 college students. And even at that point in their life, right, like the seniors who are about to graduate and kind of go out into the world, like there's still so much discernment. Right happening and I think I see that you know in my own life and I think things that I would say because my own journey like you you said it very gently but I never thought I would end up here you know I was Uh a nanny for three years I worked the front desk at a dog kennel I was a freelance writer I worked for you know as managing editor of communal I think a lot of it is just and what I heard from the college students is you think you have to get it all figured out and this is your life forever kind of, and gosh, you better not mess it up. And there's just so much pressure that I think a lot of people feel to find that one thing. And especially when you're high school or even college and, you know, you're kind of on this degree tracker mm-hmm. or whatnot. I think a lot of it what I've seen in my life and other people's lives is where does God want you to be right now and trust in that and kind of leave the future to him. Right. Um, A good friend of mine reminded me once he was like, grace is not available in the past. Grace isn't available in the future. Grace is available to you right now and only right now kind of, and that's really all that we're called to to do right is just trust God in this moment and I think as students are trying to think through well where am I supposed to be and you know you you kind of look at the doors that are open to you right and my dad has this great prayer of close the doors that are harmful to me and open the one that you want me to walk through and that's that's all he wants he just wants clarity right like whatever Mm -hmm. it is God I will do it just help me know like what it is kind of. And, and that's a prayer that I've kind of taken for myself too. And I don't know if, is that kind of 
what you see with with other folks too or yeah i i think that one of the things you 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 hit upon that's really important is just i have god's will for today mm-hmm. you know that it may change dramatically from yeah. what what you were to who you are in in the future and uh, i think the other thing and that uh that you really touched upon is that it, we need to involve God in this and and have him give us the grace to do what we're called to do right now. But our life is more than just what we do. Our life is who we are. We're not human doings, we're human beings. Mm-hmm. And this then, so what I do with my life is got to be a part of that, not what I always look toward. Mm-hmm. And That's great. I think, yeah, the the person that you are, in a job that you hate and a per is going to be the same person that you are in a job that you love. Right. It's kind of like you hear that about money, right? Like if someone comes into money, well, they're still going to be the same person. It's only going to be amplified. And I think growing in virtue, growing in trust, like wherever it is that you are mm-hmm. is only going to bear fruit going forward. It's just, it's easier said than done sometimes. Yeah. Um, but when you can look back and you be like, oh, God was faithful, you know, in those moments. And yeah, I know why I took that job at a dog kennel. And like, it was so important for us at the time. And like, he was faithful in those moments, even though I was like, what am I, you know, I'm a college graduate and like, don't uh-huh. know, what am I doing at a dog kennel? But like, we, we kind of needed that for our family or just for me, for my formation and um, I think a lot of us, we can kind of look back after the fact and be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like I couldn't see it, but God knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I think I, that's what the scenes are so, so, so good for, right, is we get to see the end, right? We get to see like how it all wraps up and then we can look back at their lives because when they were going through life, they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't have all the answers they were struggling and wrestling with God and trying to understand what his will was too in those moments, but they kept trusting and kept praying and kept taking the next step forward. And and we get to look at their lives and say, okay, like that's the same God, you know, mm-hmm. that's the same God. And, and he does that in our lives too. I remember a missionary that talked about coming back from the mission field and mm-hmm. he was finished with that part of his life. And he was really praying about what, what is next. And people kept pushing him. Well, what are you going to do with your life? What, what, where are you going to go? And he finally out of prayer, just, just would respond to them just saying, I really don't know about the future, but I know I have God's will for today. Wow. And I, I think if we can really find that, that's a great place to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I think for a lot of our students, if if the teachers, administrators, that's that's a great kind of encouragement that they can have is you don't have to know about what you're going to do when you're 50 years of age, mm-hmm. but just know that you are walking where God wants you to walk today is is a really good thing. And so, the plan is already laid out, right? Like we we know in Jeremiah that that God has a good plan for each one of us that he mm-hmm. already knows where we're going to be at 50. Like we just need to keep following him and he'll lead us right there. So, yeah. Amen. That's, a, that's a great way to put it. 
So what what is the future of Corda look like? <laughs> Are you going to go beyond candles? Do you know yet again what what might be in the future? Yeah, I mean, we have very big dreams. Um mostly because I think as creatives it's like, well, that looks fun and that looks fun and what about that? And so there's always kind of things we're working on behind the scenes. We are one of the things we love about the candles is they're present in people's homes. Um, but we would love to have the saints and kind of the sense of the saints kind of, we want, we want to take the saints to the streets, I guess is what you'd say. So we're, we're kind of working on some, some ways to do that. You and I chatted about some woodworking projects that Michael has mm-hmm. going on as well. And I think a lot of it is still very much a discernment process for us. Um, you know, we had a lot of help before our move and that isn't the case where we are now. And so just trying to discern like, okay, what is this season for the business and what can Mm -hmm. we do and, and what can we just not, we just don't have the time, you know, and enough hands to, to make possible. And so it's, it's an interesting process, you know, it's trying to, again, be present where we are, but also you have to make decisions today that impact six months down the road and five years down the road and mm-hmm. just trying to be really smart, I guess, yeah. you know, to, to be responsible with the resources that you have, with the people that depend on you for work, the customers that trust you when they give you their money. So to, to be responsible with that in the present moment and then also be forward thinking and, you know, have these kind of big dreams and, and big plans too. So, Well, Anna, I want to thank you so much for being our guest today on Follow to Lead. What a joy to chat with you and to hear how God has just worked in your life. And uh, if people want to know more about Corda Candle, what you and Michael are doing, tell us what your website is and, and how they can kind of find out more. Oh, thank you, Father. The website is cordacandles.com. And corda is C as in Charlie, O-R, D as in David, A, and then candles.com. And that's, yeah, there's stories of the scenes on there in our blog, but also every single product page we share about their life and what went into their scent and everything. So there's lots of fun things to to learn on there. And then there's links to social and, and mm-hmm. all that good stuff too. So. And Corda is a, an intentional name too, isn't it? For it is. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm sure, you know, in the mass kind of right, right at the heart of the mass, there's the moment after the liturgy of the word where we all stand up because the priest says, lift up your hearts and the people respond. We lift them up to the Lord and that lift up your hearts in Latin is sursum corda. And so corda is hearts in Latin. And for me, it, it, I wanted something that was kind of an unusual name that was short, that was simple, but the hearts is because we, handcraft everything. So we really do (laughs) put our heart into it. Um, We also make everything in the heartland. So that was kind of a nod to, to Oh, that's good. And then also I just, I love how 
the heart is the symbol of strength, right? Like we say, oh, he has the heart of a lion or she did that with a lot of heart and how I think for the ancients to like kind of not more so than the mind, but in a special way, the heart was where like wisdom came from. Heart was where strength came from. And so kind of pulling that in as well into the, the name Corda. Okay. So they can go to cordacandles.com and uh, find out everything they need to know about what you and Michael are doing. And, and can they order online? They can. Yeah, that's, we do everything online. So they're very welcome to do that. Wonderful. And we'll have, yeah, all the new stuff that comes out. We offer that to our email subscribers first. And we also send you know, kind of behind the scenes stuff and stories of the scenes through our email list too. So if folks just want to sign up and kind of get a sense for what we do, that's a good place to start on the email. That's great. Well, I know from your description, I think there's a Suma candle in my future. There you go. (laughs) Like one from my office, that's for sure. Well, thank you again, Anna, for being with us today on Follow to Lead. And for our audience, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And to leave a comment encouraging us toward future programs. To learn more more about Duke and Altum Schools Collaborative, I invite you to go to to our website, which is diaschools.org. And we also want to thank our production assistant, Alex Shire, for assisting in the production of this podcast. May Almighty God bless you. We'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of Follow to Lead, a production of the Duke and Altum Schools Collaborative. To learn more about finding your own path in your journey of faith, or for more information on what we discussed in today's episode, you are invited to follow us on social media and visit us on the web at diaschools.org. To provide a one-time donation or monthly pledge, please visit our website. Your gift will aid us in providing up-to-date information, additional resources, and other support on how to take Catholic education to a higher level. We look forward to helping you follow God's call to lead others to God right here on Follow to Lead.